shattering your notions of the possible. It's Infinite Horizons Radio. Good evening, listeners, and welcome to Infinite Horizons Radio. My name is Michael McMurtaugh. First caller of the night hanging on the line, it's those Thursday night open lines. West of the Rockies, Steve, you're on Infinite Horizons Radio. Michael, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for calling into the show, Steve. Uh, what, what can I do for you? First off, I just want to say uh, I'm a really big fan of the show. Uh, oftentimes, uh, I'm working late in the night. I, I, I'm a salesman. You see, I mm. sell barbecues. Mm. And uh, I'll stay late, clean up the shop. I have a, I have a shop here in Kelowna. Mm. And I'll turn on uh, your radio program. Big fan. Really big fan. Thank you so much. You know, we've got a lot of Kelownan listeners. Um, there's actually a small Kelownan chapter of the Michael McMurtaugh fan club that I believe uh, meets in a local park near the swing set. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. I, I, uh, I've actually uh, gone a couple of times, in fact. Oh, no kidding. Well, um, I'll tell you what. Uh, give Darlene your uh, mailing address after the call, and I will send you along some autographed 8x10s to pass out the next time you go. Oh, shoot. You'd do that? Absolutely, I would. I'm going to put them up in my barbecue shop, actually. So speaking of which, um, I found it interesting to hear that you are working so late in an industry that I wouldn't traditionally associate with uh, late hours. What exactly keeps you so late in your barbecue job? Are you the owner of this company? I'm really glad you asked. I am. I am, in fact, the owner. I am. So I'll, I'll open late. I'll do what I can to close deals. Mm. And I found myself uh, working late one particular night, and that's why I wanted to call on. I've mm. come across some evidence that I think you'll find particularly interesting. Can I paint the scene for you? If you, if I will, uh, please take your brush out, wet your palate. Here I go. So it was, it was, it was uh, Monday, Monday, uh, late Monday. I was going through some of our sales that we've had. Mm. I was, I was selling uh, Green Mountain Grills that day. A lot of them actually. They're they're quite popular. I had a couple Fire Magic BBQs, Commando, a couple of Louisiana Grills. We've got all kinds of stock, and so I had a lot of sales orders to review and that's when uh that's when uh I, I reached in and i was i was looking at a, a new line of broil king are you familiar uh the broil king not specifically no i have a weber ah weber yeah those fly off the shelves those, those are popular mm. they're, they're kind of a, a, a all multi-purpose uh, we like giving those ones to the to the families yeah you know it's i i recognize that it's not kind of the um the Cadillac of barbecues, certainly, but then I recognize that I don't do the kind of grilling that needs that Cadillac. I'm happy with my Versa of barbecues. You know what? I, I like to say there is a barbecue for every occasion and for every family. I, I, think, uh, I think it really would fit well in anyone's home. But anyway, I, I'm getting off track. I, I was Actually, working late. But before you, well, while we have you off track, I'm curious about what other barbecue-related aphorisms are used in the field. It's not an industry I know much about. Oh, well, let me tell you a little bit about the barbecue field. When a, when a, when a person walks into my shop, I want them to know that whatever they're looking for for dinner or for lunch, we can grill that. Mm. Have you ever considered 
that when your uh, hidden element might break on your uh, oven, mm. you can always use your barbecue just for that purpose. It doubles as effectively as an oven. And so let's say you wanted to make a grilled cheese sandwich, all right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Barbecue it. You get perfect grill lines. There really yeah. is a purpose that can be filled by a barbecue in every way. It brings people together. So I'm assuming then that you largely deal with propane or gas-powered grills then because I'm just, as much as I would love a perfect grilled cheese sandwich with the griddle marks on it and everything, um, getting, getting charcoal, getting a charcoal uh, barbecue going, you know, like a half hour of prep to make a grilled cheese seems, it seems labor-intensive, Steve. It is labor-intensive. And you know what? I try to shift customers more towards uh, natural gas mm. and, uh, and propane barbecues. Oh, hang on. I'm just getting a client calling me. Mm. Mm. Client. This, is, this is much more important. Okay, there uh, we go. Yeah, Steve, also, um, I'm not sure what just happened in the last, like, 30 seconds here, but uh, your audio has become slightly quieter. I'm not sure if your hands are near your microphone. Uh, maybe it's better now. I was just crawling yes. inside a barbecue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes that'll happen. I was taking a look inside. Mm. So I, I do prefer a, a propane or a natural gas. And I like to say that, uh, you know, three is the magic number and propane having three carbon uh, mm. is, is, is really the, the cleanest, most perfect fuel. I couldn't really go oh. into much more than that. You might have to talk to a chemical engineer, but my experience is it, it has cooked my steaks, my hoagies, my sausages just the way they ought to be. Sorry, stop there for a moment. You cook hoagies. Yeah. Uh, it, I, hmm. Well, maybe, maybe this is just a regional thing. I was always under the impression that a hoagie uh, was, you know, a submarine sandwich, a, a grinder. Um, Here's the beautiful thing about barbecuing, though, is that if you want that toasted, you go into Subway, right? They ask yeah. you, do you want it toasted? Mm-hmm. The default answer is yes. But now, if you don't have an oven, you can barbecue. Huh. So basically, I can I can, in fact, give myself the Subway restaurant experience at home with my hoagies through the magic of my gas barbecue. I, that's what I've been telling clients all the while at Stevens Grills. I like to say that you could any give me any restaurant, give me any restaurant. And I can tell you how you can recreate that in your home own barbecue. So, Steve, get back to this Monday night. What was happening in the shop? Well, there I was. I was I was adding up the, uh, the Louisianas and the Camados and the Green Mountains and the Fire Magics, and that's when uh, that's when I got a look at this Broil King. All right, mm. we just got a new line of Broil Kings. I am inexperienced in them. I thought I'd give them a shot. They have sold well in other locations, and it's a it's a big barbecue. What what do you think of when you think of a nine thousand dollar barbecue? Nine thousand dollars. Um, when you think well, of the gosh, Cadillac of yeah. Cadillac of barbecues, what do you think? Well, I suppose I think of a car that you drive and you roll up in it and you open the hood and there's in fact a grill inside of the hood of that car. That's I, I think that if I'm paying nine thousand dollars for a grill, it had better take me to that barbecue as well. You couldn't be more right. That this barbecue will basically take you to the moon and back. Now. Not actually, because that's really expensive, but figuratively, this barbecue will take you places. The cooking grate 
is pure titanium. The warming rack has been fabricated both in Germany and Brazil. The carryover tubes are in a, a semicircle to give an even distribution of propane ignition. And the grease tray, oh, the grease tray, porcelain china. Porcelain. English made. That's right. This is the Cadillac of grills. And I was, well, I'd heard the fuss. And I must say, I was, I was impressed when I was taking off the, the bubble wrap and the cardboard to get our newest stock. Boy, the Broil King 440 is a, a real winner of a barbecue. Now, I don't tell a lot of folks this, but, uh, and this might sound a little weird, sometimes, mm. sometimes I like to crawl up inside of my barbecues. It, it seems like a strange thing to do, but when I do that, I, can, I get a better sense of, of what the meat experience is. Hmm. So first of all, I guess I'm surprised. Uh, again, I don't have an idea of your stature on the phone. Um, short man, but I, real short yeah, man. I was just going to say, I, I assume that most adult men can't, in fact, fit inside of a grill. No, I'm 5'1". I'm hmm. Okay, so that answers that question. Um, and then I guess... So here's, here's where I'm having trouble kind of sorting things out is... I think that it's really interesting and great that you are opening yourself up to these different experiences and trying to um, take on the world from someone else's viewpoint, like say the piece of a cooking, uh, say the perspective of a piece of cooking meat. Um, I guess I don't understand what the, what beneficial insights that has for you or your work. I feel like if I was a grill salesman who had the experience of who was familiar with the experience of being a piece of meat cooking inside of a grill that I feel like would make me less inclined to want to sell grills to people because I knew that I would be causing meat to, I assume suffer who knows, maybe meat loves being cooked. Why don't you get into that for us? Yeah. Okay. I get this question a lot and I don't tell a lot of people this, but mm. basically a hundred percent of the time that I've told this, which is uh, now three times mm. uh, you, uh, my wife uh, and my uh, my general sales manager. I, I've told the told them three times. They asked me the exact same questions there, Michael. So I I, I, hmm. I, I totally understand. The first one is if 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 you want to sell barbecue, you need to get literally inside. I, I I can tell you the experience that your food has to you as as you have to your food. I want to know what it's like to be in there the whole time that you're cooking. So it's, it's really the, the first step is just an, an, an intimate experience of your own product and of the own experience of the cooking experience. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I, I, I understand that angle. Yeah. So that, that's, that's the first one. That's the first. One. Okay. Now the, the second reason though, the second reason I do it, it makes a great sales stick. Oh boy, I tell you. Huh. They walk into Stevens Grills, okay? They walk in. They're looking at this this car, this car mm -hmm. of a barbecue, wondering how to fire. Yeah, it's a barbecue. And and all of a sudden the door opens up and who's this guy? There's a 5 foot 1 guy in a in a, in a suit that with a mustache trying to sell you. It 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 works so well. I I've, I've sold a few barbecues. 
Have you ever thought of doing a kind of like Jack in the box style promotion where you just sort of pop out of a barbecue and, and see if that entices the customer? You know what? I, I haven't. I've been always a little concerned that it might might scare children. Sometimes mm. parents come in with their children mm-hmm. and can fly open a steel titanium door weighing, you know, uh, 1,500 pounds. It, it comes with a lot of momentum. Some of, the, some of these barbecues, you need certain levers and tools. Mm. So it's, it would be dangerous, but you've, you've uh, ignited, ignited my uh, flame, so to speak. Hmm. So you have given us now the context for why you spend time in these barbecues, but I'm not quite clear. Well, frankly, why, why I'm sitting here talking to you right now, and I mean that with the utmost respect, but this is a show about very strange things happening to ordinary people. Well, this, uh, this is where it gets weird. So it was late at night and I was in my barbecue and, uh, it was the new barbecue, right? Mm-hmm. Right. We're, uh, the, the, the broil king, yes. the broil king, 4,000, 440, yeah. excuse me, 440. And I'm inside there and I'm thinking, Hmm, this is a big barbecue. Now I, I'm, I'm no fool. I would never light the barbecue while I'm in there necessarily, mm. but I, I did go so far as to just hit the, the ignition spark. I wanted to see it light up. Uh, and we're in a totally non-flammable environment. So there's, there's really no risk of, right. of doing that. And, and I, I click the ignition, right. And there's some sparks as I expect. And I, I see it. Oh, it's beautiful. The whole semicircle lights up with sparks and then it's quiet for a moment. And this is late at night. So there's, there's not a sound anywhere. And, and there's a resonance, there's a resonance that's ringing, ringing, and it lasts a really long time, keeps ringing. And then I'm wondering what is, what is vibrating? And I, I go to every individual grill, right? And I, Mm -hmm. I bring my, my pen and I give it a hit and it sounds forever. And it gives me this, this feeling of angst of, of, of confusion. And I couldn't understand what made this, this resonance so, so special. Are, are you familiar with, with, uh, with resonance, with, uh, frequencies? Well, certainly. Yes. Um, I mean, the idea that, uh, certain, um, frequencies of sound, uh, vibrate different parts of the human body at the resonant frequencies for, you know, healing or, um, nefarious purposes, uh, you know, Qigong, one example, and then I suppose like the brown note and sound cannons are the opposite side of that coin. Yeah, so you're familiar with this idea. I, I, I did some digging. I, I, I normally don't delve into the world of music. I strictly hmm. stick to, to, to grills. And I found uh, it was no coincidence that it was called the 440. You're familiar that 440 hertz, the uh, middle A. Exactly, exactly. So it stands for the middle A. Uh, and, I, and I did a little more research and I, I'm trying to find what frequency, why is this barbecue ringing with a certain frequency? I was up all night. I, we always keep some, some steaks uh, in the freezers and, and uh, we do have propane tanks, but not in the building. So I, I, took, one, I took one in and, and actually hooked it up and I, I started frying some, some steaks on it. And you know the sound when meat cooks? Sure, that sizzle, the thing sizzle, you sell. Palm, yeah, it, it kind of screams. It it reverberated on these grills, and I was, you could hear it. It was subtle. It was subtle. It would only sound like cooking meat, 
And so I closed the shop the next day and I, I got some equipment. I got some tools, uh, something that can, that can read the uh, frequency. An oscilloscope probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I brought the oscilloscope and I brought it up to the 440 and this is where it gets really weird. It, it, it wasn't ringing at 440. It was, it was actually above that. It was 450. Okay. Hmm. I did a little bit of research and digging onto this. I was wondering what's what's special about 440. What's what's the sound at 450? Did do you know uh, this this type of grill? It's manufactured in in uh, Milan in Italy. Are you are you familiar? Uh, I know a little bit about Milan. I know that there's a lot of it, it's a fashion capital and apparently a fairly dumpy city for a city that makes whose residents largely make their living around aesthetics, which I found interesting. Um, now I know that the frequency of middle a has in fact changed over the centuries. I think it started out around four, four, 400 or 410 in the middle ages and gradually kind of sometime around, I want to say the 1800s, we decided on 440 as the middle a. That's how we're right. going with and this. Yeah. Yeah. And the, 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 I, I learned through, through my research, that uh, it was the 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 Italians were were pushing this 440, right? Mm. Adagio found, 440. Yeah, and and I found that uh, this 450 it it instilled in me uh, this fear and this angst, like a dissonant note might make you feel tense. Exactly, exactly, like a dissonant note. So then, what's what's the next most logical thing you do? You resolve the chord. Yeah. And so I got all of my barbecues together, right? And I'm trying all the different sounds. Right. And it, and it seems that my, my older models were reliably in the 440. And there's this pattern where they were ringing at 440. And, and there's a, an, all the new models now on this 450, 450. resonance. Hmm. Well, I... My brain went a hundred different directions when you say that, of course, with uh, different possible explanations or theories, but I would love to hear yours first. Well, this is where it gets a little more, a little more sinister, I believe. Oh, okay. Now I, I started, I started YouTubing, right? I, I spent a little time, hundred percent, I mean, 90% of the time I'm, I'm just, I'm just listening to, uh, uh, you know, Twin Eagle talk about their their new, uh, new uh, premium grill, that sort mm, of thing, mm. and uh, basic various anatomies of barbecues. But this time, I, I started want to learn what these different frequencies might do. And and, and I, I think you mentioned it earlier in the call that different frequencies can be used for for different purposes, mm -hmm. and not all of them good. Yes. And I'm starting to think that we might be might have a conspiracy in which there is mind control taking place with different frequencies you know that is exactly well not quite exactly here's here's where my here's where my mind went where my mind went was that um this is an effort to continue to sow discord amongst uh ordinary god-fearing uh north american citizens like you and i by taking something that we all outside standing around during the summer well you, you you can't resist just 
whacking your spatula, whacking your flipper, whacking your tongs on that grill and letting that middle A ring. And I think that by consciously changing all barbecues to resonate at a dissonant note, they're trying to effectively sow discord, turn neighbor against neighbor and start a second civil war. That's my pet theory. You know what? I think you're right on the line. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said it. I was worried it would come out of my mouth and that might be bad for sales. I really think that I think that this is trying to turn neighbor on neighbor. I, I did some more research on my, my business has been doing very, very well. Excellent. I realize it's, it's not only mine. There's, there are whole varieties of, of barbecue sales. Just, just it's astronomical. It's unbelievable how many people are wanting to, to cook outside and not mm. leave the house. They're all staying indoors to cook. And I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I'm no idiot. I'm putting two and two together. I think this is being uh, bankrolled. Huh? So you believe that these dissonant barbecues are in fact a product of big stove, big stove. Exactly. Who's behind big stove, Steven. I'm pointing at Milan. I'm thinking that there was one takeover in the 19th century with, uh, with the music, the mm. music all coming together at 440. Right. And I think there's another revolution coming. So you believe that this is a way to back engineer a new middle A at 450 or some other kind of revolution? Well, there will be that. There will be a back engineered new A at 450. But I, okay, what happened in the late 1800s, the first resonance revolution? The first resonance revolution? I honestly have never heard of that. I have no idea. Well, I, I, you haven't heard of it because I just made it up. But the first resonance <laughs> revolution is whenever I saw the rest of the world go to 440 hertz. And so what, what took place? 1905 was the Russian Revolution. Mm, mm, of course, yes. Just prior to that, the, uh, the, uh, the Russo-Japanese War. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the World Wars before I, all pipe organs and all instruments were then found to be in the same resonance of 440 by the mid-century. And we right. enjoyed relative peace since then. Mm. Hmm. So what besides make, is the aim making money then is big stove simply trying to push the grill industry out of business or is there, is there something else ultimately leading to this puppetry? Oh, it, it has to be another revolution. I, I, I think we saw a great revolution of capitalism and it's been very good for me, but I think this is only one step and there'll be then a subsequent revolution at at 450. Can I show you what I'm talking about? Yes, I will please. on the phone. I'll just, I'll just crawl into my barbecue. Excellent. I would love that. If you can, oh. um, if you can keep your phone close to your face while you're doing it, I'm just not sure. Just don't put it in your pocket or something before you crawl in is all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. So, sounds good. Sounds good. So I'll just, uh, one moment here. Perfect. You, you, you might hear some loud noises. I need to use the tool sure. to open up the door. Okay. All right. I'm going to close the lid. Okay. Yeah. Quiet in here, huh? 
I mean, it sounds kind of the same as it did before, at least to me, but. Oh, well, you'll, you'll notice it whenever, uh, whenever I start the igniter, I'll just, I'll show you what that sounds like. Okay. Yeah. So, well, you'll probably hear it a little, there'll be a little bit of a clicking noise. Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Now wait for the resonance afterwards. Is I don't know if I'm consciously hearing it, but is that, is that why all the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up? Oh, it's, it's happening on you too. Okay. I got to get out of here. I'll open the door. Oh, I can't stay in there too long. It does my head in. You heard that too. What are you feeling? Well, I feel, I feel a little bit uncomfortable. I feel like I'm being watched. I kind of, I kind of have the feeling like, I'm being scolded without having done something wrong. It's a feeling of being in trouble and confused at the same time. I know. I, it's, it's inexplicable. And that's what folks are going to be feeling when they're barbecuing. So what is the aim of this revolution? If, 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 if it's not to drive the grill industry out of existence and sell more stoves, I, I can't understand why a stove manufacturer would want to, as you've implied, um, overthrow capitalism. There, you got to look at the losers, you know, who have been the biggest losers of this whole resonance revolution to begin with. Hmm. Uh, well, certainly microtonal and 12 tone composers are one. Yeah. and. And these these components, I've, I've, I've done a little digging. They were found, of course, in Italy, where it all started. But what one thing is in Italy? Olive the oil. Vatican. The Vatican, that's even more obvious, of course. So I, I believe that it, they were the biggest losers, right? They have churches, beautiful churches all over the world, and they are designed with with sacred geometry that mm. allows for their ancient instruments to, to resonate and instill different feelings and as a whole provide some sort of on the best of the times contribution with each other and at the worst of the times control with one another and i think they are the biggest losers of having all these instruments all set to 440 and i think they are trying to stir up all the resonance and provide no beacon of resonance for any one group so that their churches can once again uh, enjoy uh, small pockets of power in their own tonal groups. So the idea being that um, we're all sort of frequency free thinkers right now. And um, Yes, that makes a lot of sense to me, actually. Uh, so basically, as I understand what you've just told me, currently people get along just fine. Currently, neighbor right. gets along with neighbor. When somebody sees his neighbor, the hood of their grill is up. There's uh, a fat ribeye on their grilling. It's come on over, neighbor, crack a bud. Can I get you some chips? Um, the Vatican doesn't like that because when we are with our neighbors cracking buds and grilling fat, ribeyes we are not in their houses of worship um filling their coffers so 
barbecuing has effectively supplanted the um, social group that church formerly occupied. You, you nailed it. You nailed it. I, and I think it can get even, well, I think it's going to get ugly. I, I, I'm concerned that the more barbecues that I'm selling, the more seeds of distrust yes. I'm sowing. Yeah, I mean, you are, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's kind of, well, there was a long time ago um, where I thought about opening a gun store. Um, I got the idea in my head one day that I wanted to own a gun store. And I'm not kind of oh, quite sure oh. what drove that. But basically that was what ultimately prevented me from doing so is that I just kind of had the thought of like, well, I live in a small town. These are all people that I know and love and care about that I'm going to be selling firearms to. And, you know, if Henry down at the general store um, shoots Robert two doors down because his dog peed on his tree, that's really on me. Um, And so I'm kind of wondering, like, are you struggling with that same sort of dissonance of my business is successful and I'm worried that it's undoing my society? If Mr. If the Wilsons want to have the Andersons over for a barbecue and he has a modest but reliable Weber grill and the and, and, and you know, the Andersons, uh, they're a large family. They say, well, OK, we'll bring over our modest but reliable pit boss grill and they put them on the same porch. I, I don't want to be the reason that Mr. Andes, Anderson uh, has his face rubbed off by a steel wool grill cleaning. Uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And it's a, it's a real moral dilemma. So I've, I mean, I've, I've had to take a few actions. Uh, I've been, I can't stop myself. I'm, I'm measuring the frequency of every, uh, grill I can find. I'm, uh, going into people's backyards if I have to. They, they really don't understand the, uh, the what's at stake, no pun intended. Mm. And I need to remove the, uh, n- the nefarious grills. I, I, I've been yelled. Uh, I got in a fight once as well. I, there's some large grills. It, mm. One man cannot move the, the Cadillac of grills, after all, from a back patio in apartment buildings. They're the hardest. Yeah. Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. I was, I was three stories up and I found a Komodo Joe and it was a 2020 model. And I just knew. And so what happens when you see a guy trying to take your Weber grill? Well, if I saw somebody trying to take my Weber grill, I would, um, rap loudly on the window and say, Hey, Hey pal, what's going on? Yeah, exactly. And so then I basically go into a whole, well, what has it been like 35 minute discussion and they don't even, they, by that point, the police have already arrived. I've been in jail seven times. Mm. I I keep getting bail. So, you know, I can get out. It's not like prison, but it's, it is an uphill battle here, Michael. It's an uphill battle. So when you first started that last not this last, but the previous anecdote, um, I was wondering at first, because it sounded like you were just sort of initially collecting data and sort of like figuring out a plan of attack. But as I understand it, you are now actually removing and uh, what, getting rid of, destroying? What are you doing with these dissonant barbecues that, that resonate at 450? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So this is 
this is where a big risk isn't involved. You, uh, you're familiar with nuclear waste? Yes, I understand it has to be buried in mountains and whatnot. Well, I'm dealing with nuclear waste here, man. So I've, I've come up with some storage sites at mm. different locations throughout Kelowna that I'm storing these uh, renegade rogue uh, war-mongering grills at. Uh, I don't want to give the loca- specific location away, but I try to target places that look like dumps, and I usually kind of muck up the outside of the grill. Uh, I don't have access to the, the tools to, to cut these titanium mm-hmm. uh, grills. They're just manufactured so damn well. You only want to buy them once, grills. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I always say. That's what I tell them whenever I'm selling a barbecue. So I've got a couple of storage sites and, and they are, they're really piling up and it, it, there wasn't a lot of foresight. Actually, I got to this point thinking I just needed to get them away from the people. And now I've, now I have uh, basically a, you know, basically a, a basement full of bombs more mm-hmm. or less. Mm-hmm. So I am that part of what prompted me to start reaching out. Cause up until this point, I hadn't really been trying to get anybody on my side. And I'm, I'm hoping that you and some of the listeners uh, we'll be able to uh, rally to this cry. I, I just realized that I, it's too great a task for hmm. one, one salesman to conquer. So what do you think ordinary citizens can do? I suppose um, we could sort of deputize people to go around with a tuning fork, uh, test grills and dispose of the dissonant ones, how they see fit. But um as you say, a lot of people are going to object to having their grills taken. And the other question is, what do you do with them? It sounds like you've got effectively a, a super fund site of dissonant grills in your home. Um, and how does someone hoping to save their community in a similar way, not end up in that situation as well? Well, there's no one right answer, but this is my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm one for, practical antics mm. i i jump out of barbecues when right. people come into my shop and similarly i think people need to understand the extent and the the weight of the damage that can be done so i i think the answer then is they need to come down to my basement which is one of the storage sites i've found i'll i'll wear earmuffs and I'll ring up some grills and so they can viscerally experience mm, mm. what, what is, what is happening now. I, I have tried it once, um, with not a great deal of success though. They, first of all, getting them into my basement, that's a challenge in that's itself. Tough, yes. That's, that's the hardest. That's honestly, that's, that's probably the hardest part. Have you ever tried dating while you still live with your parents, Steven? It's not great. Yo, I, I've been there. I have been there. It's, it just doesn't, doesn't work. I did get one fella. I did get him down the stairs and I have, I haven't, you know, you know, whenever you don't finish your basement for tax reasons, if you, you have an unfinished basement. Well, I have a a very, very unfinished basement. So the, the stairs, um, wood exposed goes down to a concrete floor, but it's kind of uneven, mm. um, partly because there's uh, many thousands of pounds worth of, of rare earth metals and steel, that mm. sort of thing, weighing down on it. 
there's there's cracks in the, in the drain pipes, uh, spiders all over the place. And it's it's a real uh, it just looks terrifying. So mm. that that's that's partly the issue. They come down here and they I mean, if they didn't think I was some sort of coop that's going to hurt. Them. Like at that point, it's it, I'm a salesman and I, I pride myself on being able to sell any fantasy. But boy, that's that's got to be the toughest thing. And anyway, so I got this one fella down there and he's he's just saying, I mean, what would a normal person say in that situation? Why do you have all these grills in your basement? Yeah. So he's asking me like, uh, dude, uh, why do you have all of these grills in the basement? And I'm like, just, just, just listen, just listen. Uh, and then I start, I start hitting all of them and, and getting them resonating. But then my example ha- works so well that it makes them upset and angry. And then yes. they either start a fight or leave. So you, you see how my, my solution also then destroys itself. Yes, of course. So, so this guy got really angry and uh, he kicked over a couple grills. Uh, it didn't hurt them. Obviously they're indestructible. And uh, then he just, just left my base. Have you thought about talking to, um, and I appreciate that your first step here is to kind of go public at all, because I think that disseminating this knowledge wider, even if people think that it's speculative, um, I think that dissemination should be, be priority. Second of all, have you thought about approaching someone in authority to deal with? I mean, surely sowing this kind of, of discord and trying to engineer human behavior for people to get into unnecessary conflicts, surely there must be some sort of ethical or legal ramifications for these manufacturers. It's a good question. Now I'm a, I'm a, I'm a business owner. I, uh, I prefer when I can to solve my own problems, but I on air, I, I told you this was one that I, I was not willing to do my myself, Michael. So I, sorry, wait, there before is, we, before we continue, are you saying that small business owners in fact do not want the aid of the police like all the time constantly? No, small, I would say in my experience, they don't want the aid of a, of a big brother uh, mm. when, when possible. Now, you know, obviously, if there's a shoplifter trying to tow a, a fire magic barbecue, uh, you know, off my shelf, first of all, he's probably not going to get very far. Those things weigh a ton. Very heavy. But, but on the chance that they've you have rigged one up to the car, I, I, I want to see that, that, that sucker get thrown in the back of a cruiser for sure. Mm-hmm. So there, there are times when, when I, I need to do that. But I, I want to say that, you know, as a, as a business owner of Stevens Grills, I want to be able to... Uh, be it not doesn't happen on my watch, you know? And so I try to take things on myself and then I realize it's too big. So I reach out, I, uh, I, I reach out to, uh, my, my, my own higher power, the, uh, the, uh, the lion's club. Mm, mm. The lion's club is your higher power. Well, they've, they've, they've taught me a lot of things. I got a small loan to buy my first couple barbecues through them. Uh, so they're, they're, they're just an authority and a, a, a learning, uh, organization for myself. Uh, now the thing is, as you might expect, there are other individuals with similar businesses in the Lions club. And, uh, I was, I was unfortunately, I was unfortunately duped and you try to, you try to trust uh, an authority. And then if you get your hand slapped, you don't want to go back. Mm. So, so what happened is I, I went to, uh, some, some competition here in, in Kelowna for, for barbecue sales. 
And I explained my problem and they said, well, just, you know, bring these barbecues over and uh, we'll see what's up. You can see where this is going. Mm-hmm. Yes. They, they make a couple of, you know, $9,000 sales on some brand new, uh, you know, American muscle grills and big green egg grills. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. These, these people don't know. I tried to explain, but they, they just, I hate to say this word on your show. They thought I was crazy. Well, money's money to some people, you know. It's really un- it's it's really it's unbelievable. It's so it it just hurts my feelings. So if authority won't help us and the industry won't help us and there is a lot of danger to trying to take these things into our own hands vigilante style, where does that leave us, Stephen? This is this has been my last resort. I I tried explaining, you know, showing people themselves. I am making this call, nay, this plea to all those listening right now. Get your barbecue inspected. The best thing to do is to crawl inside your barbecue without any flammable gas and try the ignition. So turn the gas off. Listen to that frequency, listen to that resonance and feel, see what you're feeling. This is really what we have to do. And if, and if you get the slightest tingling that maybe you're somewhere that you shouldn't be, or that you want to have a a fight with your wife or the neighbors, uh, you know, are maybe cutting too close to their side of the lawn or whatever, then take it upon yourself and Put, hide it, dig up, they bury that barbecue. They design them so that you cannot undo screws or bolts. They're made indestructible. They have specific molds in Italy to do this stuff. It is really up to the customer. And whenever you have rid yourself of your renegade grill, do stop by Stevens Grills and I can set you up with a safe 440 reliable Evo barbecue, fire magic barbecue, green mountain, Heston, Komodo, Louisiana, or Memphis pit boss barbecue. Steven, I have an idea of how we may actually be able to solve this problem for you and our listeners right now over the air. Steven, once I was at a bar, once I was at a bar and I was watching a band play and the guitar player turned to face their amplifier and it made such an enormous squall of feedback that a wine glass that was hanging from the ceiling of the bar shattered. And that wine glass shattered because the frequency in that feedback, in fact, hit the resonant frequency of that glass. And it vibrated with such violence that it took itself apart into its components. And what I'm thinking is that if these barbecues resonate at 450 Hertz, of course, Putting out a 450 hertz signal through the line, through the airwaves, would cause that same dissonance in people and those same feelings of fear and anxiety and cause them to fight each other. But if we reduce the frequency by half and push the amplitude twice as hard, we send a 225 hertz frequency through the line at twice the amplitude, shouldn't that cause those 450 hertz barbecues to resonate at such a frequency with such violence that they will in fact blow apart. I don't know what you just said, but if it works, I will give it a shot. I'm going to, Stephen, do you, you have a basement full of these bombs. 
Steven, I want you to stand outside the door of your basement with the door closed, and you should probably put something over your ears. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to turn your stereo all the way up, and I'm going to send a 400, or excuse me, a 225 hertz signal through the line right now. Okay, okay, I'm, 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 I'm headed out. I'll, I'll do it. This better work. Steven, are you there? What's going on? Yeah, I, I, I'm here. My whole body is just trembling. Steven, I'm hearing a sound not unlike popcorn in the background of the call. What's what's happening with the grills? They're, they're well, my body's shaking and the, the grills are shaking as well. There's, oh, there's a big one. The, the grills themselves, individual grills are, are, are starting to unwind themselves. The cooking grate is, is coming undone. The warming rack is it's just melting. The carryover tubes, oh, the beautiful carryover tubes are turning into a puddle of mud and a grease tray. That porcelain grease tray is just exploded. It must look like one of Dolly's melting clocks. It's both beautiful and terrifying at the same time. My God. Michael. Thank you. Steven, are you, are you all right? Are you physically feeling okay? I, uh, I am. I feel as though, you know that feeling when you're cooking and you got the hood fan on and it's really loud and you're trying to have a conversation and it's hard to have a conversation and then you're done cooking and then you turn the hood fan off and you're all of a sudden, whoa, I feel really relaxed. I didn't realize that was stressing me out. Mm-hmm. I feel like that times 20. I, I feel, I feel, I didn't realize I was, I was carrying a weight of these, of these vibrating grills in my basement so long. Well, if you think about it, I mean, there's probably a million things you do over the course of the day that send out some small amount of sound at that frequency. So it makes sense that you would have this sort of ambient unease uh just by virtue of having these in your house picking up stray reflections i i I didn't realize it was so subtle and pervasive and i'm nefarious oh no one can ever experience this we we need to get this sound out and 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 destroy these barbecues i think what i'll do That'll be my big aim for 2021. 2021 is to finally get this show syndicated again so that we can blow up these dissonant barbecues the world over through the magic of reruns. That, that would, that would help so much. Michael, I, I was, I was nervous going public with this and this is better than I, I, I could have ever have even expected it to be. Steven, it's certainly the first time in this history of the show where I have actually been able to solve someone's problem. That has literally never happened before. Oh, well, when I got a problem, I, I know who I got to go to. Boy, I, I'm a big fan. I really love your show. I, I can't wait to tell the, tell, the, tell, the, the, tell the group I meet with about this. They're, they're well, they are going to believe it. They're going to listen to the show, aren't they? They're, they're they probably are. listening right now. And... 
if coronavirus is all wrapped up soon enough, you can all join me. I, I will send you complimentary tickets for you and your friends to join me on the uh, Infinite Horizons Cruise Con right there with Michael McMurtaugh on the 400-foot Carnival cruise ship. We can play shuffleboard and drink Mai Tais together. It'll be fantastic. I can't wait for that day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this. I, I got I to gotta go to bed now. Thank you so much, Stephen. Take care. Bye. Thank you to Stephen of Stephen's Grills in Kelowna, British Columbia for his call tonight. And to my special guest improviser, Mr. Dwayne Evans 